At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Easter is just around the corner, and what better way to celebrate the spring season than with a Minky Couture blanket? Whether you're gathering with family for an Easter egg hunt or just enjoying a quiet day at home, Minky blankets are the perfect addition to your Easter festivities. Made with ultra-soft and luxurious materials, these blankets will keep you cozy and comfortable, while their stylish designs will add a touch of spring to your day. And with a wide range of colors and patterns to choose from, there is a Minky blanket for everyone. So this Easter, make your day even brighter with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for Easter. Happy Easter from Minky Couture. Good afternoon, Roxy Soxy. Good afternoon, Tam. Tam, Tamman, you were a little bit in the doghouse today. I'm not in the (laughs) doghouse. Roxy and I had our second fight in two years, and I honestly thought that this podcast was going to be us just icing each other out for 30 to 40 minutes. (laughs) I even texted you. I was like, I'm not going to talk throughout this podcast. (laughs) It's up to you. And you wrote and you wrote whatever. No. And then you wrote. What did you write? You had do what you please. What the hell is that? Do what you please. And then I wrote whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was all good. We got it all out. It was like done. I, this is why it's so good that when you have these kind of like, you know, little fights or little tiffs or whatever, you kind of get it out and then you move on. Right. Well, the reason why I think I'm right, (laughs) Um, I did something today. We have this incredible guest on and I blipped with the timing today and my husband's not here to help. And I was with the kids and I don't know what, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like after you've had one kid, it's like your mind is always thinking about two people all the time. Mm -hmm. You just don't think about yourself. And so I just thought that this show was tomorrow and I forgot about the time and I kept saying to Roxy, like, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. I fucked up. And not Roxy didn't make me feel better. She didn't go, oh, I totally understand. You know, people fuck up. Like, we have compassion for you. She's like, well, why didn't you get a calendar? (laughs) Like, where's your husband? And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then she goes, I'm not mad at you. And I said, it's fine. I know you're mad at me, but I need you to lead with compassion and love. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm not mad. I know. I kind of had to like the first like five minutes. I was like, mm, like kind of mad. I but see you. I, was, I know you so you know me. well. Yeah, you do. You do. You know me. But you know what? I was fine after five minutes. So I was like, okay, now let's get it together. Let's I like literally di- like diarrhea, which is like all my, f- <laughs> yeah. which I realized I probably overacted just a slight bit. A diarrhea of like how I'm a good person and like how I should be forgiven. <laughs> And then Roxy's like, can you do 3.30? It's like it doesn't even, she doesn't even answer literally the entire three pages of text that I just texted her. I was like, so 3.30 work? Question mark? <laughs> and this is why we don't get into fights normally, because of this. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's actually good. We worked it out. We worked it we out. Worked We're it good. Out. We figured out a solution, which was like the big thing. And yeah. heaven forbid I do something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> then you you got a little taste. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm I'm actually afraid for David. I'm like, poor David. Now how do you see? See, you always yeah, say, I, I, I'm like siding on and... David's side. I'm like, poor David, can I go give him a hug and run and run him a warm bath? <laughs> he's probably like, when he hears about this, he'll be just like, oh, thank God it wasn't me this time yeah he's, he's like <laughs> i deal with it all the time and then i'm sure my husband's like oh tam is so sensitive because like he'll say something and be like what did i do how can i be better where did i fuck up should i hate myself it's, it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> nope nope just a little scheduling error it's all good it's all water under the bridge i still love you it's yeah. all fine our next guest had no idea that that even went down. <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to, you know what I was actually thinking too. I'm trying to think of the last little tiff. Our next guest, Kristen and I got it, got in and I don't even know. I can't even recount, but I know that there must've been something like, I know. Cause don't you get into fights with your friends sometimes, Tamman? Just you. <laughs> um, I do. Hmm. But it comes from when I feel like people are trying to make me feel bad. Uh, like, for example, I make myself feel bad uh, enough for everyone else. Like, no one needs to make me feel bad. I, I can totally do that alone. <laughs> so when someone's trying to make me feel worse, which I do to my husband sometimes, so I understand mm. why he gets so frustrated when I do it to him. Mm. When I'm when I feel like someone's trying to make me pay when I'm already paying myself, that's when I get shitty. And I had one friend say to mm. me, like, you know, I got upset about something. She said, you need to be careful because as a mother, uh. you have kind of like ruined my day with my child. What? Yeah, it was kind of like a big guilt trip. And for me, I was just like, let's be like, we don't need to do that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure I felt bad enough as it was. Was it like a major fight or was it, was it a scheduling like thing? Too? <laughs> I think it, was it. it was a scheduling <laughs> or like, you know, I couldn't make it to something or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so that's okay. I can forgive like calendar errors. Time is just not on your side, okay? Well, I have ADHD. What <laughs> can you true. do? That's true. Newly the doctor diagnosed me, so now I will use that as an excuse for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> can I get I'll be like, that yeah, too? I'll, literally, I'll just be like, text you. I'll be like, I'm so sorry, Roxy. I forgot the podcast. I have ADHD. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. You've got another out. <laughs> and I'll send you my doctor note. Yeah. I'll be like, told you. You're like, he said so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad oh. this next show, because mm. after all the crap that was this morning, the most important thing is speaking to this wonderful woman and getting mm. her story out and, you know, getting the awareness out there and also figuring out how we can help to do that. Mm. And so it was really important to me when I heard about her and, and she's your friend that you've known for a long time. I was like, let's get her on this show because we need to spread the word about this awful, 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 rare genetic disease. Um, and she'll talk about it more and you'll introduce her. But um, I think this is a really important podcast. Yeah, no, I'm so glad we've made it happen. And it's, it's actually a long overdue. I, um, you know, she is Kristen, her name is Kristen Gray. Um, she started an amazing foundation called Cure Batten. Um, it's one of the um, organizations that I believe in, that I support, that has just done so much amazing, um, amazing work for kids that suffer from Batten disease. And I'll let her talk more about it. But just to give a little background, I've known Kristen. Um, we went to USC together to college. She's one of my 
best girlfriends. And um, yeah, so we've had this sort of long history of like kind of growing up together in a way because mm-hmm. when you're 18 years old and you're still kind of a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're still growing up and maturing and doing the whole thing. And um, we went from, you know, college to living in New York together in our young 20s to um we also lived together during college and then like adulting together i mean we were party girls too a little bit you but, were oh, roxy i don't know. see that in you i know it's <laughs> crazy that we all have to grow up at some point um not really into that but that's okay uh, but yeah so now fully adulting and um Kristen has this beautiful family with her husband, Gordon. And if there was a picture of Superwoman in the dictionary, it would be Kristen because Mm -hmm. she really, really, really has moved mountains in her life and and really does amazing things. So without further ado, let's welcome Kristen Gray. Thank you. Ladies. Hi, Kristen. Roxana Bayul. Yes, Kristen. I didn't know you guys knew each other for that long. That's like... That's like you're in each other's like souls. Truth. Yes. Yes. And to be fair, Roxy, I don't know if we've ever gotten in a real fight because it's very hard to get you mad. (laughs) Oh, no. It's like she, she gets mad, but it's behind a veil. (laughs) <laughs> she, might not, she, she might get mad secretly, but she, you know, she doesn't emote a lot other than the joy and the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so if you do get her mad, you know, it must've been a doozy. Because <laughs> I think the last time we got in a fight was on her birthday and she wanted to go out after hours after yes. Yes. birthday. And That's I wanted right. to go home because, you know, we were, you know, in our late thirties, maybe early forties, and it was time to go to bed at 11 PM. <laughs> Um, and she did not want to go. So she huffed and puffed and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that was it. And mm. maybe sent a couple texts giving me crap and sent <laughs> photos of how much fun she was having and what I was missing out on. But that was the extent of it. The next day she was her jovial self. <laughs> See, Tamman, you're in good company. Yeah, I guess you weren't that mad. You didn't call me any. I think I was I was starting to go down that whatever, Roxy. (laughs) You were feeling dramatic. That's fine. That's fine. Can you can you blame an actor? Yeah, exactly. So, Roxy, can you explain a little more or maybe Kristen, you can explain a little bit more about um, why we're here today and um, what your family is dealing with and struggling with and just let us find out a little bit more about you and your family. Yeah. I'll try to make a very long story as abbreviated as possible. Um, but obviously thank you guys for, for having me on and for allowing um, this platform to spread hopefully more awareness um, because it's such an important cause, not just for me personally, but for all of these families that are, that are fighting um, their battles with children with rare disease. So um Charlotte, my oldest daughter, who's now almost 11, was born typical, typical birth, um, met all of her milestones until three, three and a half. Um, And then my husband and I noticed that she was starting to struggle with her speech, get stuck on her words. Um, And that led to us kind of starting the path of seeing some specialists um, from getting stuck on her speech. She started having these kind of myoclonic jerks, these muscle, almost look like muscle twitches, which again, were strange. Um, 
So after probably three months of working with some specialists, um, she was diagnosed with something called Batten disease. It's a rare neurodegenerative brain disease. They said, um, it's rare, it's incurable, prepare your home for wheelchairs. And um, your other daughter, by the way, might have a 25% chance of having the same diagnosis. Um, and so obviously my husband and I were shocked, um, but because we were kind of leading down this path of potential rare disease from our specialists, we had already started working with um, some people around the world on um, how to, you know, tackle this beast, basically. Um, three weeks later, Gwyneth was diagnosed with the same um, neurodegenerative brain, brain disease. It's called Batten CLN6, um, also classified as a lysosomal storage disorder. So picture a neuron in your brain and every brain has a trash can. And when that trash can fills up, a protein or an enzyme recycles that waste. Charlotte and Gwyneth don't make that protein, the CLN6, which is a protein. And so waste builds up in the neurons and the neurons die. And when the neurons die, there's loss of skill, loss of speech, loss of sight, loss of mobility. I mean, the list goes on. We can get into that later. Um, so obviously we were devastated. We started a foundation two months later called the Charlotte and Gwyneth Gray Foundation, otherwise known as Cure Batten, um, in June of 2015. And we kind of shot off with a bang um, with our fundraising efforts, obviously had tons of support from my husband's um, business community and were able to raise a considerable amount of money in a short period of time to fund the first of its kind clinical trial. So I know that was a lot, but that's yeah. basically it in a gist. <laughs> um, to say that is, you're right. That's an abbreviated version, but really what you guys did was so unbelievable and so unheard of because you started this amazing foundation and within what, two years, the clinical trial started? One year. Like one year. One year, one year. Charlotte was diagnosed yeah. in March of 2015. Right. She was treated in March of 2016. And at the time she was diagnosed, there was no treatment. There was no real research for Batten CLN6. There's 14 forms of Batten disease. They have a form called CLN6. And just to give you an idea of how rare it is, it's like a one in a million. We all have, what, 20,000 genes in our body, and we all have two copies of each gene. Mm -hmm. And if you have maybe a mutated copy, you might never know because you have a correct copy. I happen to meet a man that has the same bad gene in CLN6 mm -hmm that I do. And when we got married and had children, both of those bad genes were passed down to both of our girls, which again is a 25% chance, a one in four chance, because we each are bringing two genes to the table or four in total two passing them down. So they always tell you in the odds that it's a 25% chance that your child could potentially have something like this. We of course didn't know that we even had this mutation. We're all walking around with them. You'd never know because you, have a healthy copy. Um, and so unfortunately we found out, you know, much too late. Do they test for those mutations of those genes now in pregnancy? And they didn't when you were pregnant or it's just something that they have never tested for. They cannot <laughs> test for. So it's just something that you will have to find out the way you did. So 
they tested when I was pregnant with Charlotte for the top 100 rare diseases. You can mm -hmm. pay for that extra test. I'm sure mm -hmm. you did. I know mm -hmm. Roxy did. Mm -hmm. When I was pregnant with Gwen, they had 200 tests at this point. So they're building their library of rare diseases, but mm -hmm. there's 7,000 rare diseases. So what they don't tell you when you get like a clean bill of health, oh, your child's great. They don't tell you that they only tested for 100 of 7,000 rare diseases. So you think that you're in the clear when really you're not. So they test for the most common, like Tay-Sachs and, you know, all of these mm -hmm. other leukodystrophy, um, you know, the list goes on. And so the only way to really know is either to do what's called like a micro ray or some mm -hmm. sort of new testing on your embryo, um, you know, in utero at, at your, you know, 10 week time point, CVS or amnio, whichever you decide to do, or you and your partner, which I always advocate for before you even think about having kids. It's so easy now to do a genetic screen mm -hmm. and see where you both might match up. Um, that could potentially be a problem. And then you can take the steps to avoid any sort of, you know, complications or you can take the risk and then mm -hmm. test for it once you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I remember I had some mutation of something, I think, but my husband didn't have something, the, the gene that would have reacted with the, the bad gene that I had. Right. So we were okay. Um, right. But you just don't, you don't hear of this when you're pregnant. You know, you don't, you don't know all the factors that go into it. And no, and no. you want to, I mean, when I have more time, that's something that I want to, you know, do and advocate for, because I, I do think it's so important. I think knowledge is power, obviously, and, mm -hmm. and knowing, you know, what could be, obviously I can't turn back time and go, you know. I wouldn't have Charlotte and I wouldn't have Gwen. So mm -hmm. for that, I'm grateful that I have my children, but I certainly would have liked to have had yeah. healthy, you know, children and not had them go through, you know, what they've gone through mm -hmm. um, in their short 10 years and seven years of life. So, so yeah. yeah, get tested. You know, it's really interesting too, Kristen, because I remember when <clears throat> you were starting the foundation, well, we all sort of, <laughs> you know, got the news and, really, you know, we're digesting it and like without missing a beat, you were like, literally right when you found out, you're like, what are we going to do? Like, mm -hmm. this is it. We're not going home to like, just let this be like, we're not going down with a fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the way that you kind of mobilized everything, because that in itself, just mobilizing the people to get this foundation started and like to then do the work was something of like a miracle in and of itself. Well, I think we had some time to prepare for it. In fact, if you what? remember, it was your 40th birthday in Palm Springs. Yes. We hadn't had, I had to miss the first night because we got the call that it, that her MRI came back and it looked like it could be a leukodystrophy. And so then mm. she told me not to Google it. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to Google it. I Googled it horrified mm -hmm. and was like, Roxy, I can't, I can't drive to the desert tonight. I need to figure this out. Gordon and I need to sit down and kind of figure out what's happening. It turned out obviously not to be a leukodystrophy, but just as, just as horrible. Mm -hmm. But then, um, yeah, you know, we, we just started, I think the internet can be a great thing. It can be a terrible thing too, but in right. our case, it gave us, um, a lot of opportunity to reach out to people. We reached out to colleagues. I mean, everyone, not just my immediate family mobilized, but you guys did too. I mean, you were calling your contacts, who's at this mm -hmm. hospital, who's at that hospital. So, I mean, really it was everyone coming together to fight, mm -hmm. you know, for these girls. Um, and it was really pretty amazing to see, um, and, and provided hope. I mean, I mm -hmm. can't imagine 
wallowing in my pain and misery. Mm-hmm. I had to have hope and a drive and a mission. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have been able to function. Mm-hmm. Without hope, like what do we have really, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like such a strength that is just undeniable mm-hmm. that is just coming across. I just met you. And are there days that you don't feel strong mm-hmm. and that you don't cope or is the end goal so clear to you of what you need to do for your kids and how you can help them that you don't ever wallow in your own sadness? I mean, I, I do not do wallow. Well, I, I, my mom passed away when I was 13, very short, like a quick, she had leukemia and it was three months and diagnosed and then gone. And, and it was very hard to, deal with that. And, and I am very similar to my dad. We kind of bury the grief and go about life. And so I think with this diagnosis, I probably do a little bit of the same because mm-hmm. I just don't like the way it feels to be sad and to, you know, and to wonder what will be in the future, because I don't know. I mean, none of us know really, but I, I don't know. I don't know if the gene therapy will work. I know it's not working as well in Charlotte as it has on Gwen. But um, yeah, I've definitely had some hard moments. And a lot of those came with just talking to other moms that are going through the same thing that I am. Um, Mm -hmm. Had some moms in the community that we've built um, lose their children. And anytime you lose a a child in this community, it it resonates very close to home because you try not to think about that with your own child. Mm -hmm. I also think I do a very good job of filling my plate up with crap. Roxy can probably Mm -hmm. attest to this. We just got a new puppy. I have a one-year-old son. Mm -hmm. We might want to have another child. I don't know where I'm constantly, I think, filling myself and my husband, we're Mm -hmm. we're filling ourselves up with stuff, joy, joyful things Mm -hmm. that we don't have to to live in the hard stuff because it is every day is hard. I mean, we laugh Mm -hmm. at our life sometimes. The stuff that we have to deal with is... Mm -hmm laughable. Um, but we know we're not the only two people walking, you know, in this path because mm-hmm. I talk to families every day that are dealing with the same shit. Yep. Sit still is something you definitely don't do. <laughs> <laughs> You're always go, go, go. Don't sit down. Um, which I think has worked well for you and everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, you mentioned Callan, your one-year-old sweet baby boy, mm-hmm. um, which has been a blessing. Um, yeah. And I wanted to know, because I don't know that we've actually ever talked about this, is because, I mean, you're so busy with everything um, going on. When was that moment? When did you know that this was the right time to do to have the third baby? You know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to be totally real with you, I think Mm -hmm. the moment that my girls were diagnosed, I literally um, like two months later was in my IVF doctor's office going and I had, you know, Charlotte and Gwen naturally. So I knew nothing about IVF. I knew nothing about the process. So I just wanted to inform myself and ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it was delayed because we went to treatment um, a year, you know, from diagnosis. And then we were in Columbus for three months and then to Napa for a rehabilitative camp for Charlotte. So we kind of put it on hold. That was more important, really wanted to put it on hold until we knew what we were doing with the girls. And I'm grateful that he did because I don't think I would have been able to give them mm-hmm. my, you know, 100% attention mm-hmm. if I had been pregnant. And I wouldn't have been able to even be in the treatment room, frankly. But, um, 
I, it was hard. It was, mm. I was older. It was hard. I, I went through multiple rounds of IVF before I could mm. get a healthy embryo. And it wasn't always Batten disease that came up on the, you know, on the tests. It was just chromosomally abnormal because, oh. you know, I was 40 at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those <laughs> eggs aren't super ripe by nope, the nope. 40. <laughs> um, so it's hard. So, um, but you know, we were settling into our home, back into our home soon. And we just knew, I don't know, it just kind of worked out that way, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Batten disease did come up in some of the embryos that they tested. So again, if you had gotten pregnant naturally, that could have happened again for your third child, fourth child, you know. We have a family in our community that has three boys with it. Three boys. Wow. And then we have families that had one diagnosed and the other one okay, and families that had one diagnosed mm-hmm. and three typical children. So mm-hmm. it's very, the odds don't seem right. Mm-hmm. 25% doesn't seem accurate. But I think when you look at the full spectrum of families that are dealing with this, it, it probably is. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, we had, we had to deal with both. We had, we had two hurdles we had to climb before we had a healthy embryo. And thankfully we had more than one mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. And Callan's been awesome. He's been a gift to our family and the girls love him so much and he loves them. And it's a really special thing to see every mm-hmm. day. You know, going back to the the clinical trials, because you were able to galvanize so many people and it spread like wildfire all over, you know, the internet and online, and it became really viral. And so many people knew about the girls, you know, it was like, I would get stopped. I mean, to this day, I still get stopped at least probably once a week with, with friends that ask me about how the girls are doing and like, you know, what, what the latest is on them and all that. So for people that have been there kind of through, you know, the birth of the Gray Foundation and, you know, the treatments and like the clinical trials, what can you tell people about the girls now today? I mean, everything I, I will tell you is subjective, obviously. Mm-hmm. The clinical trial, we've treated 15 children to date. Our foundation um, funded the preclinical work and then obviously the treatment for these children. Um, we started mm-hmm. with six and then we kept adding more children as they were diagnosed, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty crazy because if you might remember when Charlotte was diagnosed, Roxy, they said maybe only one other child in the world had it. And then right. once we went viral and people heard about us, then we started getting contacted by families. Um, so until the last patient is out of the trial, which is mm-hmm. probably another 12 months because they need mm-hmm. to be followed for 24 months, we won't have the true data. There's okay. been some preliminary data that's come out, but in a nutshell, the children that are treated younger and less symptomatic are doing better than the children that were treated at an older um, time point in mm-hmm. age. So Charlotte was diagnosed at four and she was treated at five, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem very old, but Charlotte lost. So she was diagnosed in March of 2015. Uh-huh. We were fighting for treatment in December. I know that was just my own like pipe dream that I was mm-hmm. aggressively trying to push. Um, by Thanksgiving, she couldn't walk anymore. And that was like, she could take a few steps, but she couldn't, you know, walk independently anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most crushing things um, for us as a family, because that was one of the big pieces of even qualifying for the trial. So, mm-hmm. you know, they need to take at least 10 steps with assistance. And when you see your child stop being able to walk independently, mm-hmm. there's a huge fear that they won't be treated. And, you know, at that point we thought, oh, well, 
potentially the gene therapy could, they could, could help them relearn skills they already knew, you know, that was the philosophy, Mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't reverse the damage that was done, but because they already knew how to walk, they might be able to relearn how to walk or Mm -hmm. relearn how to talk. But she was nonverbal and non, mostly non-ambulatory when she was treated. And Mm -hmm. um, she hasn't fared as well, as you know, Roxy. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's, she has had very stable, long periods of, of stability mm-hmm. um, where you don't see a lot of uh, regression mm-hmm. or progression of the disease. Um, but Gwen is now eight and she's walking with assistance. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte stopped walking before f- her fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. So she's three years beyond Charlotte's time point. So we know gene therapy works. Mm-hmm but we just don't know for how long and how effective and really what that looks like for either of them or any of the kids that are treated. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is obviously my subjective opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems because I talked to every single parent of that's been in the trial that the kids that are treated younger do better, Mm. which makes sense. Do the girls have an awareness of what is happening to their bodies? When are they scared? Um, I mean, I'm sure there, I'm sure it's scary. Gwen acts out more behaviorally. Like she gets Mm -hmm. frustrated. She screams, she, she gets mad. I mean, the other day, Mm -hmm. this hasn't happened at all. This is the first time this has happened, but Mm -hmm. the other morning I have a universal mic in my room so I can hear her. And then I can click on the camera in each child's room to see what's happening. And Gwen usually gets out of bed. She's an early riser, Mm -hmm. like 4am. But she plays in her room. And so we just let her play in her room. And then we come in and, you know, put on her music at some point around six. But she was really upset at like 5 a.m. after I had already gone in to put on some music. And we went in there and she had a fat lip. There was blood on the carpet. Mm -hmm. And we rolled back the camera and she had gotten her foot stuck. She tried to get out of bed and her foot was stuck in the fitted sheets that were tucked in. And so when she went to try to get out of bed, her hair was in her face, her hand missed the nightstand to brace herself and she went face first into the carpet. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's like thick carpet and a triple ply like pad. So she has a fat lip, she's pissed. Mm-hmm. She has not been happy the last few days because it's it's like, what the hell? What's happening to my body? Why can't I do the things I used to do so well? You know, she used to swim like a champ. She used to jump off the side of the pool. She can't do that anymore. She still loves to get in the pool, but it just looks different now. Um, for Charlotte, I don't know. I mean, I think that she's in there. She is, is, and was a smart cookie. So I think that she has total awareness of what has happened, but, um, for her, she's joyful. Um, and that's kind of my like level Mm -hmm. of where my joy is in a day is as long as she's joyful and she's not in pain. And thankfully for, for her and for Gwen, they're not in pain. Mm -hmm. Most days, this disease doesn't cause pain. It just is shitty in many other ways. Mm -hmm. Um, There are friends of mine who have other issues with their children with hips being dislocated. I don't know, crazy stuff where their children are in pain. And so I don't know you as a parent dealing with this, you kind of, you move your, your barometer of mm-hmm. what your reality is and what you're able to, I think, accept and tolerate. And so if they're not in pain and they're happy, then, mm-hmm. then we're going to be joyful with them. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing, cause we all, at some point, we all need some sort of a release or, you know, a getaway. And I'm actually very proud of you, Kristen, cause you're going to be traveling a little bit mm-hmm. this summer. 
Yeah, but with just the hubby, going to do a fun little trip. But like on like even just a daily day-to-day basis, like if you just need a break, like I I don't even know that I've ever seen you take a break, but when you do need a break, like what does that look like for you? Paddle tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whacking some balls. Whacking some balls. Um, drinks with my girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I love just spending time with family and friends in my home. And so, you know, I invite you guys yes. over. It takes forever to get you out of here, but you're here. <laughs> I have to take uh, a road trip. <laughs> um, just, yeah, time with my family. Obviously, I have help in the home. That makes a huge difference. But we are divide and conquer. It is not a one-person like not one person could handle this job between the three kids, now the puppy. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, paddle tennis, a walk up the hill and a nice margarita or glass. Of wine. <laughs> what is the prognosis for your girls? What is, what does the doctor say? Or you, they don't know and they can't give you any. No, which honestly, sometimes I'm grateful for because I'm, I mean, you know what the natural history prognosis is, and that's, that's grim. That's Mm -hmm. a a grim prognosis. Mm -hmm. Um, Hi, handsome boy, my son. (laughs) Um, He's looking at me like, what are you doing? Um, But we don't know. I mean, with the treatment, it's the first of its kind. So we're not sure. We know what it's done for other rare diseases. It's, it's, um, you know, lengthen the children's lives do, you know, it's interesting that you're asking me this right now because I've had a lot of kind of self-reflecting moments lately that Mm -hmm. I don't really talk about a lot out loud, but I mean, obviously I know that Charlotte is not going to live in the way that I envisioned her to live Mm -hmm. um, at this point. And I don't want her to live her whole Mm -hmm. life in the way that she is right now, because Mm -hmm. that is not, that, that is not what you want for your child. And so I, I always, everyone asks how she's doing. And I always say, she's kind of in this is purgatory. It's Mm -hmm. no better, no worse. We're kind of just in this purgatory place where we're just not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, have a friend who just lost her daughter, same age, same disease, different mutation, but similar path. And I, I see how hard it is for her and how much she's been struggling with just not having that presence of her daughter in her life Mm -hmm. as a as a, a being, not just a soul, but as a person. And I can't, I can't imagine not having Charlotte in our life in the mm-hmm. way she is, you mm-hmm. know? And I always joke that she's my easiest child, even though she's the most physically demanding. She's 74 pounds and five feet tall and, you know, requires a all level of care that you can ever imagine. And, mm-hmm. but I also can't imagine not it's such a like part of our lives. I can't imagine yeah. not doing that. Everything we do is mm-hmm. for Charlotte. Can Charlotte mm-hmm. do this? Our car we bought is because we want her to be comfortably traveling. Mm-hmm. We bought, you know, a, a vacation home because we can't vacation like a traditional family can vacation. We have mm-hmm. to drive to vacation places. So a local place where we can go, where we can get on the water easily. And we bought a kayak with a special seat for her, a beach cruiser that goes on sand. I mean, everything we do, we do with her in mind because we want her with us and Mm -hmm. we want the family. Yeah. It's really, it's really beautiful. Actually. You know, when you, we look at your vacation photos and everything and it's like, you do such a good job of 
taking all three kids, you know, and like making them be a part of every single experience you do, whether that's, you know, like you're saying kayaking or skiing or, you know, doing whatever it is, horseback riding, like you guys really do such a great job of that, which is amazing. Um, but I also wanted to ask you too a little bit about faith, because I remember when we were younger, you would actually go to church. Mm. I remember she would go to church when we lived in New York and like, you know, you did the thing and, and you were, you were like, you know, if not, you know, both spiritual and religious. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know now, um, what does that look like for you? Like, what does faith look like? Is, do you still feel faithful? Do you still feel as spiritual and religious as you were? Interesting question, Roxy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, I think when I lived out of my home, out of like away from my family church, mm-hmm. I was, I was raised Catholic, not a strict in a strict Catholic home. My extended family was more religious than my dad and my mom, but my mom converted, you know, in her, in our, in my, her marriage to my dad. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, she was like Lutheran or something and she became Catholic and she was kind of the person that got us going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in New York or when I lived elsewhere, I would from time to time, definitely go to church and mm-hmm. try to honor my grandmother and my aunt in that way and make them feel proud that I still kept God Mm -hmm. in my life. But yeah, no, God and I are in quite a beef right now. It's Mm. it's very hard. It's, you know, I, I baptized my son. I did. I baptized him just like I did both girls. And I'm even considering first communion for Gwen Mm. because it's kind of that rite of passage and part of our family, you know, fabric and tradition. But me personally, I, I have a very hard time. So I've, I, lean on other mediums for faith. Um, mm. I, I do, I believe that there is a God. I think it would be hard to, I think it would be hard to live my life thinking there wasn't a God, but mm-hmm. I'm not happy with him right now. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, how can you not, I mean, again, mm-hmm. I always say anger is not a primary emotion, but how can you not be angry? Right. Oh, is there yeah. a level of why did this happen to me and my family and anger, or is there peace and acceptance, which is where you find the joy? There's definitely not, I don't think I have peace in it. A lot of people say, Oh, this was your calling. You found Mm. your calling. You, you, there is a bigger purpose by why this happened in life and look what you and your husband have done to help all of these families. But you know, I would rather have healthy children. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I could help these other families with healthy children. I don't need to have right. children that are battling this horrible disease. And so it's hard. But then I look at other families because mm-hmm. I talk to them on the regular. And I've got a family that just has a newly diagnosed little girl who looks like a brunette Gwen. It crushes me every time I see a picture of her. And she had seven miscarriages, finally had her baby girl, and her baby girl has batten disease. I mean, like one stillbirth, then a baptized child. I'm like, that just, it's not right. Like, and no one should ever experience pain in their life. And Mm. no one should ever experience the loss of a child, child being sick. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a a horrific feeling. Um, But then to just compound it for some of these families is Mm. just to see and, and then you start going, well, at least, you know, Charlotte's not on a ventilator and at least, you know, she's not, you know, she doesn't have a trach and at least, and it's like, forget mm-hmm. it. Like, right. It's wish she had none of it. 
world. No. You know, it's shitty all around, mm-hmm. but I know yeah. I'm not the only one. I can't be a martyr because I'm not the only one that's dealing with it. I know too closely too many people that are, you know, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. This community has really opened up. I mean, nobody would have ever known <clears throat> about how far reaching that this disease really is without everything that you guys are doing. Um, what's been the biggest sort of like thing that you've learned about all of this? I mean, cause a lot of these families were not even diagnosed properly with Batten disease, correct? Like a lot of, they were misdiagnosed, like people didn't even know their diagnoses really. I mean, what is, what have you learned through all this? You know? I mean, I, I think definitely medical advancements have, have been made huge strides, even from when Charlotte was diagnosed in 2015, mm-hmm. to where they are today. But really, I mean, rare disease as a whole impacts 30 million people, and 50% of those are children. And I mean, it, it's up there with AIDS and cancer. And but you know, you don't you hear about each little rare disease, not rare diseases as a whole and as a community. And you know, I have had the pleasure of meeting, and you've introduced me even, Roxy, to people that have contacted you, to hundreds of thousands of rare disease parents that mm. are trying to pave the path for their own rare child's rare disease and how do they do it? And um, and it's amazing because they're all they're all like Gordon I they all want to save their children and they all want to you know they'll do whatever they can. I mean, sacrifice their homes, sacrifice mm-hmm. their lifestyle, like anything just to, just to get an opportunity to save their kids. And so I've, I've met some pretty incredible mm-hmm. individuals through this journey. And yeah, I mean, I, I would have never known about bad disease, obviously, right. um, mm-hmm. or any rare diseases. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. can we do? Not just like mm-hmm. just people do in general to raise awareness, to help, like what, how do we play a part in, in moving this forward in a positive way? Yeah, I think, I mean, we just launched a new campaign. Mm-hmm. Obviously COVID was not kind to anyone and it wasn't mm-hmm. kind to the nonprofit world either. And so we had taken a break and then we decided to, you know, come out with a new video because as Roxy said, everyone's always asking mm-hmm. what's going on with the girls, what's going on with the foundation, you know, Um, and so we have a new video out, um, where we feature many of these families. Um, it's not just about Charlotte and Gwen anymore. It's about all of these other families that, you know, are, are walking in the same path that that we have. Um, and we did a hashtag more birthdays campaign. So really giving these families and children opportunity at more birthdays. And and that comes with awareness. Awareness equals potential for funding. Funding Mm -hmm. equals research and research equals treatments. And Mm -hmm. so spreading the word is, is, you know, first line of defense. Um, Hopefully then it um, inspires and motivates people to give. Gwen's turning eight on July 10th. And so that'll be our first more birthdays campaign. And so we're going to ask our donors and, followers to donate $8 in honor of, of Gwen. Um, and each birthday for each of these children will be sharing their story, sharing the child's story. And, you know, if the child's turning 10, we'll recommend and, and gratefully ask for people to donate $10. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of what we're going to, it's a 12 month campaign. We're going to run it until bad disease awareness day next year. So it launched on June 9th of this year and um we'll post it out on facebook and instagram our website has our new video up there there's plenty of ways to donate and share and obviously you know 
part of the awareness and outreach comes um, back to us with opportunities too. Mm -hmm. Have you talked to the scientists? Have you, like I just, the first day we launched, uh, a mom reached out and said, have you heard of this Alzheimer's drug? There's a new drug that just got approved by the FDA that could help, you know, fatten disease patients. And it's true. There's a lot of crossover. Mm -hmm. with rare disease. So what could help someone with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or dementia mm -hmm. could help someone with batten disease. What could help mm -hmm. someone with Rett syndrome? We're working on another drug for another pediatric rare disease could help, you know, our families. And so, you know, with that awareness, comes um, more information for us. You know, people mm -hmm. want to help. People, people are, are, are good in many ways and, mm -hmm. and we're seeing it. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's all we ask. Just spread the word. And if you can mm -hmm. donate a couple coffees, then, then that'd be great too. Volunteer. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunities to get involved. So. so yeah, absolutely. So once this um, current clinical trial is over, will you be doing gene therapy? Will the foundation be doing gene therapy mm -hmm. again um, and trying like new variations or new or maybe repeating with like the same um, patients as before or anything like that? We can't redose. Okay. Our hope was to be able to redose. We don't own the rights to the gene therapy anymore. Mm -hmm. It's um, it was bought by Amicus Therapeutics. They mm -hmm. own all of the Batten disease gene therapy world mm -hmm. umbrella, if you will. And so they'll be launching hopefully another clinical trial for Batten CLN six, our form, and then new trials for other forms of Batten disease, which is great because mm -hmm. they'll be funded. Um, and, you know, we don't have to worry about fundraising that bucket anymore, but we mm. do fundraise, we are fundraising currently for small molecule. Mm. So finding drugs and repurposing them for batten disease, finding drugs that maybe, you know, the easiest is to find an FDA approved drug that's already been approved mm. that we can then repurpose for our indication. Mm -hmm. um, but we might find a drug, we're going to be um, signing a contract with a lab in Italy, and we're going to be screening some drugs that aren't FDA approved. Mm -hmm. But then if they show promise, then we can go and ask for approval in, in a clinical trial. We're also working with a drug company, a biotech company called Anavex that has mm -hmm. a drug that's in two clinical trials, one's for Alzheimer's, one's for Rett syndrome. Mm -hmm. We did preclinical work on our CLN6 mice and it's showing promise. Mm -hmm. Now, these are more symptom management drugs. So we know we it's not a one, one shot deal. Gene therapy is not a one shot deal. You need gene therapy plus small molecule or gene therapy plus regenerative medicine. So mm -hmm. we know we need a multi-pronged approach to kick this disease in the ass. And so that's kind of where we're focusing right now is small molecule and regenerative medicine. Regenerative medicine's like stem cell therapy, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So there's some new in innovative things that are kind of on the cusp right now that we're keeping a close eye on. But really, I think our big focus is small molecule because mm. it's the fastest turnaround. These kids don't have time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we have so many newly diagnosed children and there's just no time. So we got to we got to find things that we can move and move quickly and get into trial for them. Well, we are so grateful that you came on this show and told your story and um I knew a little bit about batten disease because I followed, you know, the wonder of social media, right? I followed this family um, for years watching their daughter and my heart just broke for them. And I was like, how, how can I help? You know, you feel like, what can we do? But um, you're right. Spreading awareness, donating, um, you know, getting the word out so that this isn't something that is so mm -hmm. rare. It's a rare disease, but it's not a rare topic. Mm -hmm. you know um and so by doing this we hope that um 
that it will be less of one. So where can people, I think you said you have a website where people can go on, they can uh-huh. let us know every, where everyone can find you. Yeah, so curebatten.org, C-U-R-E-B-A-T-T-E-N.org is our website. Everything's on there. Um, Instagram is at curebatten, Facebook mm-hmm. at curebatten, Twitter, if I ever figure out how to work it, we have one. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, uh, maybe. Yes, yes. I, I would. That would be scary for me because in my past life, I wanted to be a hip hop dancer. So I <laughs> There is more than hip hop dancers. Oh, I yeah. promise you there's lots of ways <laughs> yeah. to get the word out. So yeah. lots of ways to connect. My email's on there. Um, just- oh, Kristen, tell everybody about Gray Academy, too. Oh, yeah. I, we started a school. We figured one nonprofit. Why not start another? Um, mm-hmm. There was really no appropriate place for Charlotte when we came back from gene therapy. Um, as far as schools were concerned, we wanted a kind of a one size, not one size fits all, but an all in one place where she could get all of her therapeutic needs met and then a custom education. So we started the Gray Academy in Santa Monica. That's the Gray like our last name, academy.org. Um, we serve children with moderate to severe disabilities, all different diagnoses, not just Batten disease. Um, and we have all the traditional ther- therapies and modalities at the school location with the custom education plus alternate interventions like um, aquatic therapy and auditory vestibular therapy and all these kind of, you know, I'm always looking at the Eastern medicine stuff too. Um, so we're always bringing in, we have a new Eastern situation where we're rolling out there, but it's a beautiful place. And I get to be there every day with my girls and, um, we're hopefully going to be bringing one there next year, just because of this COVID stuff. It's just the, the public school system is a challenge. Right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been a lot of work, but, um, I can't imagine if not having it, mm-hmm. it would, there would be no place for Charlotte to go. And so I'm grateful that we have such great people working there. Yes. Kristen is also a school administrator. Just yeah. another oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but she does it flawlessly. She is wonder woman. So thank you so much, Kristen, you know, much I love you. you. And I thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing it as well. And it was fun. Uh, next time we'll have to have some fun chit chat. I need to know more yes. about Roxy's days and her birthday parties <laughs> okay. so I can use it against her when she's icing me out. I can be like, yo, I may this day you did this. I just embarrass her really. I definitely have some, some nuggets for you. I really, I need, I need a few more. <laughs> she does. Nuggets. Fine. Got- to the point where she's never even told me her age. So you can tell me right now. Oh, I'm 22. I'm 22. <laughs> we've, we've known each other for so long too. <laughs> 22. I don't say my age much anymore either. Right. I think once you kind of like hit a certain number, it just kind of is whatever you want it to be. I have a neighbor above me that sends me an invitation to the 15th anniversary of her 40th birthday. And then it's, oh. and then it's, a, it's pretty funny. She's, I think she's 80 now, but she's been doing it for the last 20 years and her ladies still show up. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm kind of into that. Maybe that's the thing to do, you know? Exactly. You know, it's funny because men never hide their age. Yeah. Not really. My husband just says it all the time. I was like, okay, you're just putting it out there. Sure. Just (laughs) so easy. Comes off your tongue. Um, I feel like they don't have all of the, the weights that. Of course. Yes. The shame that comes with getting older. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah, so we, we can do. talk about that on another show. Mm-hmm, for sure. We can talk about our old men that we're married to, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're like David's like probably like four years older, but I don't know. <laughs> She's like, he's um, so much older than me. He's like 20 years older. Oh, and I'm like, mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. It's true. They're old men. They were like in college in what the 80s? Maybe. No. Yeah. It's true. Uh-huh. Because Kristen also Gordon, has an oldie. I do. He's 56. Mm-hmm. He looks pretty Mine's he not in the 50s. Good. Yeah, he's yeah, he's um there there, you know, there are older men. That's more of his taste in music and the way, way he drives. That's more of the old factor for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That's and so they want true. more like the older they get, because yeah. mine's eleven years older. And he's like, I just want to be in Montana. I'm like, I'm not old enough <laughs> to be on a ranch yet. Like, yeah. you know, I need the city. I need people. Yes. I need to connect. He's like, I just want to read a book. I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> Read the AARP magazine and sip a free <laughs> <Yeah>. cocktail. <laughs> Smoke a pipe. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And yes. um, you can also follow us along at Women on Top Official on Instagram and Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse group, Women on Top. And please, we're at whatever podcast app you're listening to just us on, freaking rate, rate, subscribe. subscribe. Like, what are you doing comment. with your life? Just do <laughs> yes. it. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. I have it. so many people who like say to me, Oh my God, I love your show. I'm like, Yeah. Did you did you subscribe? Right. Like not just like did you like did you comment? Did you rate? Did rate. you do all the things? <laughs> and then on my Instagram, I had four thousand people go. You have a podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, I only talk about it all every time. day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I do actually. And now you are held accountable. Yes, so exactly. <laughs> I might be one of those people though, because I have no idea how to comment or rate. I know how to. Kristen, and you listen to the podcast, Kristen. So do a little tutorial for your guests. <gasps> I don't know. I'm yes. Yes, you know what? A lot of people too. They think I don't think I know. They think they think subscribing means you have to pay. Is what I've heard. People think that it's paid, but it's for free, you guys. It's free. We give this to you. Pop up all the time. Who knows? Who knows? Uh huh. We'll Uh we'll 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 let them know. Like a two step process is a little challenging. It's a lot. It's a lot. I bet if you give a tutorial, you might find more ratings and. <laughs> this is true. Good to know. I what like it. Doing? I like it. Kristen's our new social media guru too. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> not. Who knew? This is exactly what we need. Social I know. Media manager. You're hired, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> if we find one, we can share her or him. Yes. Yes. Also, I'm terrible. Oh. Like browbeat daily about it. So. Oh my gosh. Well, it's just another another hat to wear. You know, it's like another yeah. full time job. Yeah. And thanks guys so much for listening. I am Taman Sursaw. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on Top. <laughs>
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 